You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Well, what is going on? Welcome. Welcome. Let me just say one more time, welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast. It is so good to have you in with me this evening uh, for this live broadcast, this live taping, the first ever live taping of the Overreaction Sports Broadcast. And I just want to say welcome again. I'm going to say welcome a couple times. Welcome into the Overreaction Sports Podcast. Uh, podcast brought to you by the market dominator on the buffalo rumblings podcast network and multicast network i might add at this point in time i am your host joe miller and you can find me as always on twitter at joe miller wired and it is just good to have you guys with me this is uh, a little bit different for me i've never had live people kind of in with me with the flow um, I'm glad to have you. There's several hundred of you already that have, that are kind of here live with me right now. I know there's going to be thousands who are going to tune into this later. Uh, so regardless of where you are right now, what you're doing, uh, regardless, you know, as I always like to say, if you're a fan of the show, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee on the drive to work, maybe the drive home from work or at the gym with your AirPods in and now possibly sitting on the couch watching live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Let me once again just say welcome. It is so good to have you with me. What a week it has been. What a week it has been. And I have what I would consider a very good show for you for this episode. My guy, my man, my friend and yours, one of my favorite people to talk Buffalo sports with, the one, the only, Pat Moran from the Talking Buffalo podcast is going to be joining us in about, I don't know, 12 minutes or so. We are basically on the eve, at the time of this recording, on the eve of the uh, official legal tampering period for the NFL between the players and the teams. That is upon us. And what's interesting about the moment that we find ourselves in right now is the fact that we thought not only for the NFL, but for the Buffalo Bills, it was going to be a proverbial bloodbath, right? Like we thought that like we were going to lose all of these players, like, and it wasn't just our team. We were going to see like players cut from across the league and we've seen a bunch. But to this point, the we, we as Buffalo Bills fans, as Bills Mafia have only really lost so far, one that I would say that we're truly connected to in John Brown. 
my guy, my bestie, Jay Spence, said that it was going to be a March massacre. And I'll be honest with you, it's not over yet. Right. It's not, it's not, it's, it's clearly, we're not at the point where it's over yet. We'll see what happens in the coming weeks. And, and, and the tampering period, for those of you that don't know, there was a very long time where before NFL free agency, it was like a dead zone in the NFL. And basically teams were not allowed to talk to players and players were not allowed to talk to teams until the official NFL league year had begun, which usually started with free agency. However, mysteriously enough, at the stroke of noon every single year on whatever day free agency opened, 75 contracts would be announced that this player has signed with that team. And it's like, that's wild. How in the world did you get that contract done in 35 seconds? Which basically just confirmed what we all knew, that these teams are talking to the players when it's illegal to be. They're colluding, if you will. So what the NFL has done is they've kind of removed the excitement of what that day once was. And if you don't remember that day, then I, I apologize that, that you don't have a feeling for it. And they, so they, they've taken that, that excitement for that one day and they've kind of spread it out over two weeks. So now instead of that one day free agency signing day, when like magically mysteriously, even though I've never talked to Langston Walker, what Langston is in the building and he just signed a contract 35 seconds after like free agency open. So now it's the tampering period. So now the NFL has given us two weeks basically where all kinds of news and rumors get to float around and, and a whole bunch of stuff goes in and out. And like, we hear that this player might be in Buffalo and this player might be in Houston and that player might be in new England and wherever they are. And we can't let this guy out of town. And did you see Stefan Diggs at Duff's and stuff like that? So, which is, it's going to be an exciting time, but we find ourselves on the eve of that. For a lot of you, for for many of you, when you listen to this podcast, we will be a day or two into the tampering period for the NFL. But Pat and I are going to talk uh, in this episode about the NFL free agency, the Buffalo Bills, and what probably none of us had pretty much expected. None of us had expected. There's a lot of Bills news. A lot of Bills news. There has been, I literally just tweeted this about two hours ago. There, actually, maybe I didn't tweet it. I think I may have put it in a group chat. There has been more action in the last week of this calendar year than there may have been in any other week in the offseason like ever. Like, it has been incredible. Like, what we thought we were going to get, and I've got a couple of tweets I want to read you, which are kind of fun, but it's been insane. Like, every day or every other day or multiple, like, they're stacking players on top of each other. Like, it's been it's been a, a one after the, they have been busy down there at one bills drive. They, they have legit been busy. And if you have not heard yet, John Feliciano has officially re-signed with the Buffalo bills, which was, man, I'm going to be honest with you. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people happy. I'm one of them. There's a lot of people mad displeased, which I don't wholly completely understand. There's some people that have it in their minds that this offensive line was bad at running the football. And I'm not going to lie. They weren't great at it. But apparently it has become John Feliciano's fault that the uh, that the, the offensive line was not good at running the football. There's a segment of displeased Bills Mafia. There's a lot of us that are happy. And when this news dropped, I mean, it just it is Christmas Day because I thought for sure I thought and I'm going to read you a tweet from Sal Capaccio. I thought for sure that it was over. It was like, OK, we signed Milano. We signed Williams. John, I love you, bro. You know, Bills Mafia for life. 
<laughs> wherever you take your wares. I love the grind. I love the grit. I love the attitude. I love I love what you bring, right? I love what you bring to to the Buffalo Bills offensive line. And, and we just like when Milano is not on the field for the defense, the defense looks different. I feel like this offensive line looks different when Feliciano's not on it. But man, I, there was just other places. I, I love you. Don't go away, mad girl. Just go away. Like there was there was other places I had to put my money, and you, it just you weren't going to be it, unfortunately. And lo and behold, the news drops just a couple of hours ago that the Bills have 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 secured a deal with John Feliciano to stay in Buffalo. And as I said, and I didn't even allude to it, I said it that there's there's a measure of Buffalo Bills fans, Bills Mafia, who are displeased. I don't get it. If you can explain it to me, if you want to tweet at me and explain it to me better than those that are displeased have, I guess so. But for me, you know, and you've heard me talk about this. I have a show with John Fina, a former offensive tackle in the NFL, played for 11 years, 12 years, 11 of them with Buffalo. I'm sorry if I'm about to hurt your feelings, but I, I just get the feeling that John Fina knows a little bit more about playing offensive line in the NFL than you do, whoever you are. If your Twitter handle doesn't have former NFL offensive linemen on it, you don't know as much about playing offensive line and what goes into running the football than John Fina. And I had John Fina on the show, or I should say it was on the John Fina show. He uh, is gracious enough to allow me to host that show. And John Fina basically just said, you know, I pinned him down. I was like, what is it? It's got to be one of three things. It's either it's either the, the running backs, it's either the offensive linemen, or it's the scheme. John, give me an answer. And he hemmed and hawed, and you guys have heard me tell this story several times. He hemmed and hawed, and he basically came down and finally said, it's the scheme. The scheme the scheme that they're running does not fit this offensive line. It does not fit these running backs. So one of a couple of things is going to happen with what we've watched the Buffalo Bills do in the last couple of days. I believe the offensive line, the running game, I should say, is made up of four parts. I just told you three of them, running backs, offensive line scheme, but it's also play calling, right? You, you got to have a good play caller to know when to call those plays. But the way the Buffalo Bills have shaped this offseason so far by getting the band back together, you can, you can, we know what this offensive line is going to be. And it's funny because there was a Joe Marino tweet that went out last week when the Bills resigned, or earlier this week when the Bills resigned Daryl Williams. He said, I guess Cody Ford is a guard. And I was like, that was actually funny. Like there was kind of an insider, like content creator, goofy joke, but it was funny. And today when they re-signed John Feliciano, I tweeted at Joe Marino. And I said, I guess Cody Ford is the left guard <laughs> because that's what it's going to be. You ladies and gentlemen, if I can uh, 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 call out the Buffalo Bills offensive line through the proverbial tunnel and smoke week one of the Buffalo Bills season, the, the home opener, it's going to be Deion Dawkins at left tackle, Cody Ford at left guard, Mitch Morse at center. John Feliciano, right guard, and Darrell Williams at right tackle. And I'm going to be honest with you, that sounds really good to me. I'm not upset at all. Especially when I look at what the Buffalo Bills have done so far this offseason, which triggers me to think, much like Sterling, Sterling Furrow from Cover One thinks, that the Bills are going to go get a weapon. You heard me say it. The Bills are going to go get it. Now, I don't know if they're going to do it at 30. I don't know where they're going to do it. I think they're going to go find themselves a weapon at running back. But I have no leads. I, I mean, I have no sources. I have nothing but speculation on what I've watched. Regardless, this offensive line has never played together in the format that I just gave you. Never. Not one game. 
but parts of this offensive line have kept Josh Allen on his feet for 16 games and three in the playoffs and have made him the number three, one of the number top five, one, two, three, four, five quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the top passers. You can't tell me with a proper run scheme and a proper running back that can actually execute a sweep or a pitch out and can get to the edge that we can't have success with these guys. We can. We can. Got Pat Moran coming up in a second. The Bills are the Buffalo Bills are may are, are set up right now to make a splash move for a weapon or a havoc wreaker. The question is which. Regardless, either way. And then I'm going to read you a couple tweets and then I'm going to bring in bring in Pat. Either way, this team went to the AFC Championship game in 2020, actually 2021. They have an elite front office. They've got an elite coaching staff. They've got a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. A first team, all pro, legit number one wide receiver in Stephon Diggs. They've got a lockdown cornerback in Tredavious White. They've got no glaring holes, save tight end. Maybe. Considering they've only got one rostered tight end on the team, I think, right now. Lee Smith might still be there. However, we haven't even gotten to free agency yet or the draft. And they have all of those things that I just told you. All of those things that I just told you. I love this tweet from Sal Capaccio today, Sunday. Listen to me. Listen. If you don't listen to anything else in this show, listen to this right now. Seven months ago. This is from Sal. Seven months ago. There was no way. And we said it. I was a content creator on this show, on the Hump Day Hotline, every other show that I was on saying these things. Seven months ago, there was no way the Buffalo Bills can keep Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, and Matt Milano. I was on a show last year before the season started with Greg Thompson going through our, our salary stuff with him. There's no way the Bills can keep Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, and Matt Milano. August and September, White and Dawkins sign extensions. One week ago. One week, I'm guilty. I said this last week. There is no way the Bills can keep Milano, Darrell Williams, and John Feliciano. I said it at the top of this show. When Milano and, and Williams signed, it was like, bye, Felipe, bye, Mongo. Love you, bro. Got to go. Brandon Bean today <laughs> is in a hammock eating an apple. <laughs> it's like, what in the world is going on at One Bills Drive that isn't going on wherever the Sabres headquarter is? Oh, my gosh. My guy, Colt Schroeder, at Colt underscore Schroeder, good friend of mine. I love this tweet because he was coming at the people that are upset that John Feliciano is, is, is re-signed. He said, yes, they are all signed, but that does not mean we are rolling out the same dudes as he's talking about just like the offensive line in general. We just watched Trent Murphy make nearly $10 million a year or last year not to play. He said, Mongo, this is it right here. Mongo is a good signing at roughly 5.5. For all of you that are saying that he is not talented enough, we could have gotten an upgrade. And I know there's people even on this network that believe and have been arguing that we could have gotten an upgrade. If Mo Mongo is a good signing at roughly 5.5 million a year, and this is why he is depth at three positions. That makes him worth every single freaking penny. $5.5 million. Sign me up. And I'm sure that Bean structured his contract in some some sort of way that he can get out of it anytime he wants. Because Bean does Bean things. 
But with that, I'm not going to delay any longer. I have in the green room right now, backstage, my guy, uh, the host himself of the Talking Buffalo uh, podcast that is has been around for, I don't know, what, three, three and a half years. My guy, Pat Moran. Pat Moran, how you doing tonight? What's going on, Joe? It's good to be on your show. And uh, I'll tell you what, despite the fact that you refuse to remember what Vernon Butler's number is. And we have the complete literal polar opposite takes on the two bills running backs on this roster right now. You're one of those elite podcasters out there, man. I'm glad to be on the show. What's going on? Oh man, this is uh this is wild. Cause it's like, you know, you're a podcaster. So there's a, there's a great, and you and I have talked about podcasting uh, as far as like what goes into it and the grind and stuff like that. That was one of the first episodes we did. And there's just a, there's almost a character that you get into when you're podcasting, right? Like when you're monologuing, there's like a, there's a, there's a person that you become that is totally different for me than the hump day hotline when I'm with Jay Spencer with Clay Troya. Like, it's just, it's just different. So knowing that people are watching me right now and listening to me live is a little, it's a little creepy. I'm not going to lie. It's different. This is the first time I've done one of these shows too. So, you know, I've done 300 or so episodes, but they've all been taped audio this yep. is uh, something different. It's exciting, man. Yeah, like dude. It. It, I'm, I'm glad it's you. I'm glad that you are the first as far as to be live on. Uh, you are a legend uh, inside of Bill's podcasting, uh, but and just Buffalo sports content in general. So, but uh, do me a favor real quick before we get started. And we're going to talk all things free agency and kind of what's going on with Buffalo Zeus because it has been, even when we were setting this up, when we talked three, four weeks ago about you coming on, we had no idea that we were going to get this much content. Even today, like, it's like we got the holy grail, like. Brain of you was like, here you go, Joe and Pat. Here, have something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought you were gonna have to get creative when it comes to uh what we were actually gonna talk about if you would have said this, you know, what not even a week ago. I mean, just right, so right. much has changed, but uh right. Tell us about your show, tell us about you. Where can we find you? What's going on? I know you just signed up, you're no longer on your own. So tell the people a little bit about that. Well, I joined Blue Wire Pods, it's a, a large podcasting network, and uh the guys from Rock Power Report are part of that. Um, Tyler Dunn, his podcast, is part of it. So I'm very excited. Talking Buffalo podcast, Tuesdays and Fridays. That hasn't changed. What will change is I'm going to start doing a lot more bonus episodes. Ooh. Those will be scattered throughout the month. But, you know, the format still the same. Pretty much just talking to interesting people. You know, sometimes I have sports topics. I have you on. We talk bills. Sometimes mm -hmm. I've had you on. We don't talk any bills. We talk podcasting. I just had a couple... Excellent Buffalo Bills podcast was on the show, I don't know, two weeks ago. We didn't spend one minute talking about the Bills. You know, we talked about <laughs> podcasting and life and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I, I just like having interesting conversations with people and uh, seeing where it goes, man. It's a lot of fun. I just I enjoy doing it a lot. And like I said, I've been doing two episodes for a couple of years and going to start hitting a couple more per month for sure. That's good stuff. And where can they find you on Twitter? At Pat Moran Tweets. I'm always on Twitter. I'm on Twitter more than I'm anywhere else in this world. It's uh. It's an addiction of mine. I admit it. I'm always on Twitter, man. Yeah. yeah and uh, Pat is a must follow. So, and I, every time I tell you that somebody's a must follow, you just should take my advice and take my word for it that, uh, that they are. And Pat is one of those. So let's get into this thing on the overreaction sports podcast on the Buffalo rumblings podcast network. I'm going to give you some information that you already know, but I'm going to bring the people up to speed and then we're going to like talk about it a little bit. So like, this is what the bills have kind of done. Micah Hyde. Out of nowhere, re-signs with the Buffalo Bills. Andre Smith, special teamer, not that big of a deal. Re-signs. We know they cut John Brown. Vernon Butler, restructured, number 94. And legit, I tell people, like, 
<laughs> I was on your show and I was like, of all the guys, I don't even know that dude's number. I know it now. It's 94. I know he's 94 now. Yeah. Restructured. Quentin Jefferson, cut, right? Mario Addison, restructured. Mitch Morse, restructured. All these guys. I was on this show. Not this show. I did kind of a, I think you tuned in. I did kind of a like just a, hey, I'm going to jump on and see what happens on Sunday night and like really just kind of have a, I'm just going to go live. And I talked about all these guys and I did a thing where I told the fans like Bill's Mafia. I was like, pick two of the guys that got to be cut, which two. And like the Mafia couldn't even decide which two. They couldn't agree which two were going to go. And now here we sit and we've, we've kept two. One's gone. Addison restructured. Mitch Morris restructured. Matt Milano re-signed like for four years, $44 million. Darrell Williams re-signed three years, $28 million. John Feliciano re-signed three years, $17 million. This is like insane to me. Like I don't even, I, like it's Christmas morning and it's March 14th. But I have to ask you, of these moves, which one for you is the most surprising? Uh, I, I a couple are surprising. The most surprising to me is definitely Matt Milano because I was floored. I was like, yes, let's let's go here, okay? I think what we're seeing right now is something that we've never, ever in the history of this franchise have ever seen, and that is the ability to maintain a lot, not just a core, like a large chunk of the core. And I say ever because when you go back to the days when the Bills were headed towards the first of four Super Bowls, when they were team building, right. it was different at that time. Right. You know, you drafted, you picked up guys via trade, and that was it. Or yep. you would pick up a cast off from another team and maybe he'd become something on your organization. But at that time, at least until like, I think it was the third Super Bowl, there wasn't free agency. So there wasn't, you know, having to re-sign your guys or they're going to go wherever they want to go. So this, the way they've kept this core has been remarkable to me. And a guy like Matt Milano, I just keep thinking back to Rex Ryan or mm. Dick Duran, any, name me a time ever in this franchise where a guy like Matt Milano, who's what, 28 years old, this is going to be the largest contract he's ever going to get, likely anyway. He doesn't even test free agency. Dude, he, he does. There's I, teams out there, Jacksonville and the Jets, and you know, the cap is down this year, which makes everything, of course, more remarkable from Buffalo's standpoint. But there's all these teams out there that still have a lot of money to spend. A guy like Milano, you would think, worst case, he's going to go test free agency out, and maybe the Bills have a firm offer and he takes, he didn't even get the free agency. That's I, more surprising than anything else. I have spent since that Greg Thompson. Uh, podcast that I did. I have spent a year telling people because everybody Humpty Hotline, wh whatever show I'm on, if it's live and people can talk to me, even on Twitter, oh, I think that so and so should take a hometown discount. And I'm like, there is no such thing as a hometown discount. These guys know they got to strike when the iron's hot. There's only a, a small window of opportunity to use or to get what Tredavious White calls generational money, like like money that's gonna like retire my great grandkids like that's the money we're talking about making right now and by god matt milano took a hometown discount <laughs> like, what? he genuinely wanted to play here daryl williams in buffalo <laughs> daryl williams is very comfortable he said this comfort had a lot to do with daryl williams not again joe not just resigning but not even testing the market right not even going to see what was out there i mean maybe he kind of had an idea but we don't know that for sure. These guys didn't even test the market. Feliciano too. They didn't even test the market. Right. It's just, it's testimony to how this team is being built.
and That's guys want to be here and winning matters. These guys have a chance to win and they like the organization. They like each other. These are things that I probably didn't put a lot of thought into over the last, say, 20 years before these last couple of years, because, you know, we've had the rug pulled out from us so many times sure. when it comes to this team. But this this organization now is different and, and they're built. And it's just, yeah, if you would have told me if we were taping this a week ago and you would have said, what are the chances that the Bills are going to re-sign Matt Milano and Garrett Williams and neither of them would even get to free agency? Feliciano. <laughs> I, yeah, I would have said if you were, we were to resign one of them, I would have said maybe 30%. Right. If you had told me we were going to resign both of them, and I'm not even talking about Feliciano here, I would have said less than 10, less than 10. Once Matt Milano did not get franchise tag, which turned out to be, you know, a great move, I, I, I resigned myself to him being gone for sure. hundred percent. It was, it was the whole go. It's, and it's funny because different people have different conversations as far as, or different thoughts on how that conversation went. Um, and for me, and there, you know, there's, there's two of them last year, Shaq Lawson and, and, and Jordan Phillips were told, Hey, you know what, guys, we love you. We want you to be a part of this football team. Right. However, go to, you've earned the right to go test free agency. And literally that is what, and, and John Brown comes into this conversation and that is what they did. They went and tested free agency. They got great contracts and they left. And unfortunately for Shaq Lawson, he's now headed to tech to the Texans. And it's scary for him because he's a quality player. He's got a high motor. He's not untalented. And it just seems like he's going to end up in the in the NFL trap, like the NFL like drain, if that makes any sense. And his career is going to kind of get lost. I digress. That's not what I'm talking about. Milano was told the same thing. Matt, we love you. You're a big part of this team. You're a big part of this defense. We love what you bring. We love what you do. However, we're resigning to the fact that we can't afford to keep you because you are better than the money we have. You've earned the right to go test free agency. And Matt Milano said, no, 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 wait a second. I, I don't want to. What's it going to take for me to stay? John Brown, in my opinion, and this is where the rub was for some people this week. John Brown, I, I don't believe for one second that his team had no idea. You, you can't tell me that. I promise you that they approached John Brown and his agent and said, John, we need to restructure you. We want to keep you. You need to stay here. And John said, no. And they were like, okay. And that was yeah. it. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if they would offer him a pay cut or, or a restructure to stay. I, I would think so. What I do agree with is that there's no way he was blindsided that no. much. I don't know. I mean, no. anybody, even if us podcasters and fans are on Twitter in every single mock off season saying that he was likely to be cut. Yep. He had to have some kind of, oh, uh, some he kind did. of indication for sure. Going back to Matt Milano though. I think part of the reason why we all thought he'd be gone is because Brandon being kind of hinted at that a little bit. He didn't mm -hmm. say right. that he won't be back, but he said he's earned the right to test free agency. They did not franchise tag him. So right. again, I think a lot of people resign themselves to him testing free agency. And once that happens, you know how it goes. If you don't resign, you got months to negotiate with a guy. And if you can't resign him and he goes and tests free agency more times than not, because it only takes one team mm -hmm. to, to empty that out. Again, four years ago, Jacksonville is going to offer him some kind of crazy money. He's probably going to go to Jacksonville or the New York jets. It's different now. This, this regime, this this era of Buffalo Bills football is different. And it's just, yeah. I mean, you, you read Sal's tweet earlier. It's it's so spot on. Oh my you would have said a year ago to extend Tredavious White, to extend Deion Dawkins um before Jordan Poyer before the season last year. And right. now they've they um they extended Micah Hyde 
And they locked up not one, not two, their three best pending free agents. And right. they got guys, talented players, Mitch Morse and number 94, Vernon Butler. <laughs> they, you know, <laughs> these guys, they're, they're talented players and, and they took pay cuts. Now, of course, the cap has something to do with it, the cap lowering, and maybe yeah. they felt like they would have gotten big money anywhere. But those guys wanted to be here, man. And that's, it, it's different. We always hear players talk about how much they want to be in Buffalo. We've been hearing that for years. Now there's truth to it. And, and I mean, this is the proof. It's not speculation. It's proof, Joe. I have a, I have a real question, but before my, before my real question, I'm gonna give you a, a, a joke, fake question. So I'm setting it up. So you got the Buffalo bills who like, you know, the fans are at the airport to catch the team, even in losses, like, because that's what Buffalo bills, like the Buffalo bills are giving us. Meanwhile, you've got the Buffalo Sabres and you, you pretty much expect or suspect that the, the players are trying to miss the plane at the airport. Like, can I just not go back to Buffalo? Can I just stay <laughs> in Boston or Philly or wherever we are? I don't know what's going on. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I know you follow the Sabres. I do not, and I'm thankful that I don't right now because I'm just on this Buffalo Bills high that I want to continue. But you said you said that the biggest surprise was Milano. What was another one? What was the second biggest surprise of the of the names and the things that I gave you this past week or eight calendar days from One Bills Drive? I'm going to stay on the exact same premise. The second biggest one is that Daryl Williams resigned mm, without huge testing free agency. I just can't get over these guys in a positive way, right? That they resign without testing free agency. He signed a one year prove it deal, right? Last year, one yep, year, yep, yep. $2.5 million approve it deal to go out and get paid. And again, the cap is down league wide, but there are a lot of teams at the top as including this division, the AFC East, yes, they yes. got money to burn. Jets and the Patriots. Williams. Jets, Patriots, Miami's got a lot of cap room. Yep. And again, you got Jacksonville and Indy. There's lots of teams that got money to spend. Yep, yep. So this guy going into the market as one of the top-rated tackles, and he doesn't even get to test the market because he's so comfortable in Buffalo with everything around him. That he Don't get me wrong. He didn't sign for peanuts. But right. point being is he, he didn't go out and go shopping. He liked what he saw here, and he wanted to stay and, and be a part of it, the comfort. It just blows my mind. We talk about this front office, this front office staff. We talk about these scouts. We talk about this team. We talk about everything that kind of goes into it. One thing we don't really talk about is the fact that the Buffalo Bills hit on these prove it deals more than they don't. Like, yeah. like I, I don't want to talk about Brian Winters. I don't think Brian Winters was a prove it deal. But when you talk about like we got a big need right here, and like we got to find a guy to prove it. Like when you think Quentin Spain, when you think John Feliciano, when you think Daryl Williams, when you well, I guess maybe not. Well, no, I guess. When you think of the one-year deals that they've given people, they've hit more than they haven't, which is pretty big when you think about it because a lot of a lot of times those guys don't pan out. Like they don't they just don't work out. But Daryl Williams to me, he was my number one get. He was the he was my golden goose of this year. Like Bruce, I love listening to Bruce and I actually challenged Bruce on it. I was like cuz Bruce was like he's the best right tackle that we've had since 2005. And I was like, "Wait a minute, timeout." And I DM'd him and I was like, "Uh, when was Mike Williams drafted?" And he goes, well, J Jason Peters played 10 games at right tackle, so I'm including that after my <laughs> like, Okay, so you're cheating a little bit. Uh, but, I mean, it's uh, right tackle has been a problem for this football team since I have been buying into my season tickets in 1997. They've been in my family forever, but, like, since I started buying in, right tackle has been a problem on this football team. And to know that, like, we got a guy out there that's quiet, does his job, like, takes care of T.J. Watt, like – 
Josh doesn't have to worry. That was cool too. Did you see the tweet from Lee Smith today? Like he's like, hey guys, keep taking care of like keep protecting Josh. This is awesome. It's yeah, like, this is different. It's just different. Like the culture piece is real, um, and what's going on down there is just is just totally different. Uh, which uh, this is a twist on the same question I just asked you of the 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 moves that the Bills have made. Which was the which was the most relieving? Does that make sense? Relieving, not a, not surprising or exciting. Relieving, like whew, thank God. Um. I wanted Mitch Morse to stay. I thought there was a very good chance that the Bills were going to cut him and maybe move Feliciano over to center. Mm -hmm. um, I did not think that they were going to keep both Morse and Feliciano, and I wanted them both back, so I'm, I'm happy. Mitch Morse is one of the better centers in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Went healthy. And I know, and I heard you talking about the offensive line earlier in the show. And it's worth repeating this. The offensive line, how many games did the five guys right now that are set to be the starters play together? Exactly. Zero. Zero. Okay. Cody Ford, left guard. Feliciano, right guard. A healthy Mitch Morse at center with Dawkins and Daryl Williams. Zero. I, zero games did they play together. I like Mitch Morse a lot, so I was relieved. I'm in the camp of continuity on the offensive line too. And I also agree with you. I think to some extent, at least the scheme might be the issue. The bills need to run the ball more effectively, not necessarily more often. Brandon being kind of hit on that at the end of his uh, season presser. Yeah, I'm, I subscribe to that theory. I really do. I, I agree. But, and you and I have talked about this and, and obviously we DM each other and stuff like that, like on Twitter, like we, I mean, it's, the, it's, it's, the Bills content creator community is is fun because we're all connected and we're like as much as sure. we're on different networks and different places, we all talk and we all respect each other. We all have conversations. We all bounce off ideas off each other. Regardless of that, there's a segment of Bills Mafia that is so in love with Devin Singletary and, and, and Zach Moss that it's like, no, 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 it's the offensive line's fault. It's their fault. And it's like, well, timeout. I'm not saying they're the most athletic guys in the world. Clearly, they can't run the zone scheme that Brian Dable wanted to run this year. So they're not the perfect fit for that. But let's be honest. Zach Moss and Devin Singletary can't execute a sweep. They can't execute a pitch out. They can't get to the edge. Like, the, the Bills are more effective running a quarterback sweep with Josh Allen because he might be faster. <laughs> yeah. Right. Every time they try to run a, run a sweep, it's either Josh Allen or it's Isaiah McKenzie. That's a glaring problem. But you talked about us being on different sides and I don't hate Zach Moss and I don't hate, I love Devin Singletary. I think, you know, the problem that I have with Devin Singletary personally for, from a heart standpoint is the fact that he looks like Thurman. Like there's an aspect of like, I want him to be Thurman Thomas. Cause like he visually looks like Thurman. He's got some running. Like it, it like I said that last year. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's some stuff in his game and I'm old. So for me, it's always going back to the nineties bills. Like that's where, that's where my, I will always be. That was when I was a kid. Like, so I love those guys, but to me, you've got to have a guy that can get whether Mike Gillisley would be an amazing addition to this freaking football team just because the dude's fast, right? Yeah. Like it's just crazy. So you touched on it a second that we're kind of on opposite sides. So talk about where you're at from a running back standpoint, because we talked about the offensive line, but where are you at in the running back standpoint? Because I believe RB1 is a need. Well, let me circle back to the line again real quick and say this. If the criticism is that the Bills didn't run the football good enough, let's remember this. The Bills threw the football plenty Ooh, and crazy. very effectively. They won 13 games. 
They had a quarterback who finished second in the MVP balloting this year. Yeah. Um, the offense is very explosive, very talented, and the offensive line had a big part of that. Given Josh Allen a lot of time to throw a lot of these games. There weren't a lot of games where Josh Allen was running for his life. Certainly not like in the Super Bowl mm. when Patrick Mahomes was literally running for his life every play. Josh Allen didn't have games like that. So you could say this, Joe. Okay. Um, maybe maybe Daryl Williams, for an example. Maybe he's not the greatest run blocker. Okay. But you know what? Would you rather have a tackle who might be a better run blocker, but is less of a of a pass blocker? And now the guy who you're dropping back to pass 30, 35 times a game is going to get more pressure. This offensive line, and again, they have not played together one single game. This five is a unit. Mm-hmm. They pass block well. I think scheme could have something to do with it. Now, getting sure. the running backs, I want to like Devin Singletary so much. Joe, <laughs> at, at the end of his rookie year, last year, so at the end of his rookie season, I'll never forget this. I had Greg Thompson on my podcast, mm-hmm. and we were doing bold offseason predictions. And I said, my prediction was going into this 2020 season, not having any idea that Josh was going to set the league on fire. But my prediction was Devin Singletary was going to be the best player on the Bills offense. That was my prediction going into the season. Right. I was very high on him. Yeah. But so I don't know what it is. If you look at his stats, you're like, all right, they're fine. His yards per carry is all right. And you mentioned Thurman. I, as a rookie, thought a little bit, not seemed like you talked about how he looks like him. Devin Singletary looked good in short, tight spaces of making people miss and, and getting off tackles, which, of course, Thurman was one of the greatest running yep. backs ever at that. I want to like him so much, but there is a lack of trust this organization has in it's Devin crazy. Singletary. It's not even debatable. If you go back to the playoff game against Houston in 2019, I think I looked it up. The last 25 plays that the Bills ran in the fourth quarter and overtime, because that game went to overtime, Devin Singletary had zero carries. Zero. Um, Going into the season, they use another third-round pick on Zach Moss. They openly tried to sign Le'Veon Bell. I'm glad that didn't work out because he looks like a shell of a former self. But my point being is the Bills were very transparent that they were out trying to sign Bell. Yep. There's something about Devin Singletary that they don't trust. Um, the game in well, Kansas City, when he dropped the screen, he just kind of went into a shell after. Now, I know Zach Moss had that fumble against Frisco, and I know you remember yeah. that well. Oh, yeah. Where he pretty much got benched after that. I just see more in Zach Moss. I, I see more in Zach Moss than I do in Singletary, but where we are on the same page is I don't think either guy is an RB1. I For think sure. Zach Moss, I see, I think in a perfect offseason for the Bills, I think Zach Moss is your RB2. I can see Devin Singletary. It makes no sense to cut him because of financial reasons, if nothing else. He's adequate. He could be what TJ Eldon has been the last two years. He could be that third guy inactive. If one of your two running backs get hurt, he's active. He's capable to some extent. This is just my personal opinion. I like Moss better, but I agree with you. If there's a way to go out and get a running back, doesn't necessarily, maybe I shouldn't say RB1 or RB2, but somebody who could do different things. I look at um, Jamal Williams from Green Bay. I keep tweeting about this guy, especially mm-hmm. because the Packers just signed on Sunday, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. I love Jamal Williams. He's a good pass blocker. He's, a, he's good out of the backfield. He can run. He can catch the ball. That's the kind of guy I want. And then, of course, if and I've heard you talk about this on your show several times. You can say whatever you want to say right now about draft picks, but if you get to pick 30 and Travis Etienne is on the board or Harris is on the board, it is not going to be easy 
to say no to that because we just, I don't wait, wait we gotta stop right there because <laughs> dude the uh the chessboard looks totally different right now yeah. than it did last week. Last week, yep, literally, even yesterday, baby. Last week, because if it was yesterday, I'm like, guard. I need give me a guard. Like, yep. I need a guard. But today, with the fact that the offensive line is secured, if yep. ETN or Najee Harris is there, like I had people at my house. Like I had a draft party. I lived in Columbus, Ohio for 13 years. I had a draft party every single year filled with Browns fans. So it was me, two other Bills fans, room full of Browns fans. And when they drafted uh, the short kid uh, uh, Moneyball, or uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, gosh. Well, I'm totally losing it. Uh, the quarterback for the Browns that went war number two. Johnny Manziel, you talk about? Yes, Johnny Manziel. When they drafted Johnny Manziel, they lost their minds like lost their minds with the with our team with the chessboard set up the way that it is right now at wide receiver at offensive line i understand where we are at tight end if etn and Najee harris are there either one of them or both at 30 like it's gonna be i i'll tell you super bowl some some people say running back running back i i love bruce nolan i know how bruce feels about running backs especially in the first round i don't agree with him though i'll respectfully disagree with him let me say this i don't consider travis atn a running back i consider him a weapon a weapon he's a weapon he can do things that no one else on this roster is capable of doing i will tell you what man if if the bill, if it gets to like pick 23, 24, and that guy's out there, which there's a chance, I wouldn't be shocked if they trade up for him. And it's funny because, and this is why I don't pay any attention whatsoever to mock drafts right now. Right. They're fun. Right. They pass time. They make for, for a fun water cooler debate. When we have off-season podcasts, like shows like yours and I, it right. gives us something to kind of, you know, discuss just for fun, whatever. But here's the deal. A week ago, you tell me the bills are taking a linebacker at 30. I'm like, sounds right to me. You tell me they're taking an offensive tackle at 30. Sounds right to me. Interior offensive lineman. Sounds right to me. Tight end, maybe. Tight end, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So you you could cross offensive tackle. You could cross. I think you could cross interior offensive line out. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I think you definitely cross a first round linebacker out for sure. Now, what are you left with? The tight end position. There's not a guy at 30. Now, if the bills were to stay at 30, after Pitts the, or the tight end, the first one is going to go off the board in the first probably five or six picks. There's not really a tight end in that range that's a good value, right. at least per everything I've read anyway. So I don't think they're going to draft the tight end with their first pick. I mean, you got corner, which is a very strong possibility. Pass rush, of course, because you can never have enough pass rushing. Running back, if it's one of those two guys, I think it's in play. I truly right. do. I mean, I don't have a source or anything like that. I'm just doing educated guesswork. I think a running back's in play, and I think it should be too. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the overreaction podcast sports podcast brought to you by the market dominator on the Buffalo or I'm sorry, the Buffalo rumblings, whoopsies, uh, rumblings podcast network. I'm your host, the voice of the overreaction sports podcast, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller wired. And who is the market dominator? You might ask, well, the market dominator is known none other than my friend, John Spascheck, who you heard last week on this show. Uh, John is a real estate broker uh, with Keller Williams, the number one largest real estate broker in the world john is awesome i've used john i'm a customer john is also bills mafia do me a favor if you are in the market to buy or sell a house 
whether you are in Western New York or not, give John a call 716-570-3298. The number again, 716-570-3298. John can help you wherever you are. He is the best. His team is the best. I'm, I'm just going to tell you, he's the best. You can also find him at uh, email, youreliteBroker at gmail.com. You can also tweet him, youreliteBroker at your elite, uh, your elite broker. Had to pay the bills. Sorry about that, Pat. Uh, I got to ask you this question because I put it in here. I sent you this question <laughs> and I sent you these questions freaking yesterday. Well, maybe I think I wrote them a couple days ago, but I sent it to you yesterday. And you, well, you know what I was doing yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> you were celebrating our heritage. I was. Uh, and I appreciate that. <laughs> I I asked you the question, the question, which is the most concerning or will be felt by the most in the, by the team in 2021. And that was an expectation of a question that guys were not getting re-signed. The guys were walking out the door. And it's like, John Brown is the only answer. <laughs> like <laughs> John, losing John Brown hurts. Okay. Right. I right. know it's caponomics. That's exactly what it was. It was not a performance thing. No. It was his salary cap. Not a it culture was, thing. It was John, situation. right. It was not the guy. culture. Yep. It was mm. not the, it was purely the cap. I mean, mm. the bills, you can't sign everybody. It's just the way it goes. But I I like Gabe Davis a lot. He showed us a lot. That indie game, oh no, gosh. we might not even forget the AFC Championship. The Bills might not be playing against Baltimore in week around two of the playoffs. Turn up for two big plays by Gabriel Davis. Talk I about like it. The, I like the kid a lot. That said, I don't know that I'm necessarily ready to put him in pen to be the, the second wide receiver and then take over what John Brown did. John Brown did things that Gabe Davis can't do right now. I mean, obviously taking a guy over the top, that's obvious his speed, but John Brown was a hell of an intermediate runner too. Yep, and yep. he could also take a, a two-yard screen and turn into a 70-yard touchdown. We've seen that. Yeah. But John Brown brought a lot to this table and losing him, you got, you got to do something to replace him. I don't think you could just plug in Gabe Davis and say that's going to be the guy. Now, again, because of the cap and because the Bills did re-sign so many of their own guys, that's the decision they made, they're not, I don't think they're going to be very active in free agency. They're certainly not. I don't, I don't see them targeting a top wide receiver. So there'll be some inner competition, yep. Hodgins, Coverall, yep. there'll be guys in the mix, but replacing John Brown's just not one of those. Oh, no problem. You know, whatever. I, I think that's uh losing him hurts an offense. He is a valuable weapon when healthy. We saw yep. it in 2019. So that's not going to be quite so easy to do. So I'm a little bit concerned about that. At least I am as of right now, as we tape this. Well, the, the, the biggest mystery is Isaiah Hodgins, right? I mean, it's like, there's yep. not like, we don't know. And Jake Fromm. I mean, Jake Fromm is clearly, I said this, you know, last year, like, like we're not going to see John, Jake Fromm take a snap until preseason 2021. A lot so, of people, a lot of people liked Isaiah Hodgins more than Gabe Davis last right? year. Right, drafted him. Yeah, Judge Mathis, if I'm not mistaken, from Fanatics liked Isaiah Hodgins more than Gabe Davis, and Gabe Davis like exploded off the film, like in, and on the field. Like it'll be in interesting to see, and maybe that's part of that whole thing of like they know more about that guy than we do. Like we're right. not, you know, we don't know what we've got Isaiah Hodgins. They do. He's a big kid, right? He can catch. He's got a big catch radius. I think he's relatively quick. So it'll be interesting to see. The the hard part is you just. Bill's mafia loves the underdog and we have the under like we, we Pat, you're a son of Buffalo. I'm a son of Buffalo. Like we live with that underdog spirit in us. And John Brown came in as a number three wide receiver, a deep field, stretch of field guy. And like proved to the world that he's a number one wide receiver. And for us, it's like, 
we're an we're a number one city like like you know what i mean like we just we identify with it and it's hard to see him go and unfortunately it's it just turns into a situation where like you said it's a cap casualty the only hole that i see you know when we talk about like the holes that it leaves us with i'm still stuck on a havoc reeker which i don't think at 30 we can get i don't think we're going to find a guy at 30 that's going to go in there and destroy offensive lines like in his rookie season. So we're missing a havoc wreaker and clearly tight end like right tight end is a big issue. And a guy like John Smith is out there. Now, now Greg Thompson, I don't know if I can find it. I'm going to let you talk while I search. Greg Thompson put out a tweet just about how the bills can find about 32 million more dollars in cap space. Yeah. Um, did you see that? I did. Yeah. It's, it would take a lot of uh, restructures. Which again, you know, you're if you do it, you got to be careful. If if you restructure too much, you know, if you're robbing Peter to pay Paul down the road, eventually you're gonna have to pay him. So mm-hmm. I, I think they'll be careful. I don't know, Joe. Let me say this: I agree with you 100 about pass rusher. They they need to get another pass rusher. Tight end though, there's still a pretty good amount of people that are not. They're not writing Dawson Knox off yet whatsoever. I just had Benjamin Albright on my show. Mm-hmm. last week mm-hmm. and i gotta tell you man we talked about tight end and we talked about smith and and hunter henry and some of these free agent targets that are out there and he's high on dawson knox and he said he really likes him a lot as a play i mean he's inconsistent that's for sure um but he's got the talent's there the oh talent's the talent there. is there the talent and, and he's a big old boy i've met him he's a big old boy like yeah. he, and josh allen's bigger than him side note <laughs> but like taller than him but no he has everything that you want from a tight end and clear i, I, I want to say clearly the bills trust him to block and stay in and pass block because a lot of times that's what you find him doing he's in that halfback position squatted down ready to pick up and chip whoever's coming coming free so the bills trust him there the question is, is you know, they've, they've obviously developed Josh Allen as a quarterback. And if you want to call it Jordan Palmer, if you want to call it Brian Dable, if you want to call it Josh Allen, regardless, somebody developed, Josh Allen developed in this regime. What is it going to take to develop Dawson Knox into the next John o. Smith? And if he's not going to, why not just go get me John o. Smith? Right. right? Well, there's, a, there's definitely two sides of that fence. Like I said, you could like Dawson Knox's potential, but... You could also look at it this way. Well, so if you like Dawson Knox, I don't think somebody like Smith is your target. I think maybe right. you want a veteran like a, a Cal Rudolph right. or uh, Zach Ertz if they can work something out. I think John Smith, he is what they want Dawson Knox to be at this point. But let's go back to that whole weapon thing that I was talking about with running backs. Mm. You lose John Brown. Imagine, and again, it would take some trickery a lot of creativity from brandon bean which we know he could do that imagine his offense right now even without john Browning. and let's just say you do put in gabriel everything i told you earlier about maybe you need an upgrade there i'm wrong about and they just plug in gabriel davis as the number two and and of course beasley as the three let's say you do get a johnny smith and then you get a travis atn in the draft you want to talk about weapons? Are you right. are you kidding me right now? Yeah, but now we're in shootout you got mode. Beasley, ATN, you got the running back, you got the tight end. It's shootout mode that, at that point, though. Now we're winning games 45 to 42 every week. Right. Brandon <laughs> Bean, I think Brandon Bean, for the most part, is pretty transparent in some of his press conferences are telling. And it really stuck with me at the end of the season when he talked about tight ends not a threat. Other teams are not scared of the Bills at the tight end position. Now, 
again, you're not going to get, there's not other Travis Kelsey's out there. Do you know what I'm saying? So no, no mm-hmm. one's got a player like that, right. the bills, right. The, the position is not a threat. So I could see it happening, but I do think there's other positions on this team that are, I, I would spend if they got limited money and they do, mm-hmm. um, I would spend money on defensive end or, or even, uh, a cornerback before I'd spend big money anyway on a tight end. I think you're bringing a veteran, maybe a mid-price guy, somebody who could push Dawson Knox, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's at least one year too early to, to write him off. And if you go out and get John o. Smith, I don't know how much of value Dawson Knox would have going forward. No, you're definitely if you go get John o. Smith, you're you're basically telling Dawson it's over, right? It's like, hey, I really like you, but she's hot. Yeah, nah, to <laughs> right. some extent, sure. Yeah, I mean they'll play. They would play, but you know, pull out of two two tight end sets. But right, right, yeah, his right. value would be greatly diminished for sure if they for want to sure. get him. Like he might borderline be getting cut. If not, he's just going to ride the pine for one more season. I was hoping to see just a little more blood in the water. You know, it, it, like like I talked about at the top of the show, Jay Spence calling it basically the March Massacre. We were expecting like guys to be falling, and it still might happen. Like right, we still might get in, into the next two weeks. And see you guys cut all over the place. Are you hearing anything? Is there anybody else out there? Is there anybody on your wish list, like right that that uh, that 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 we haven't talked about or hasn't maybe like really kind of come up? Do you got a, a bead on somebody? Well, I don't have any bead on anyone, but I'll tell you one player that I like that got cut recently, and that was Carlos Dunlap from Seattle. Oh yeah, I don't know how well everyone remembers that Bill Seattle game last year. It's easy to remember. The Bills putting up 44 points, and it's easy to remember Josh Allen just shredding them. But I also remember Carlos Dunlap just wrecking havoc mm. on the Bills' offense. Mm. Like, he had one and a half sacks. I think he hit Josh Allen like four times that game. Did you just say? Player. Did yeah. you say havoc wreaker? Yes, I did. Because that's a recurring theme on this show, havoc wreaker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like him a lot, man. And and a guy like again, if the Bills don't want to spend huge money at tight end, if they're not trying to get Hunter Henry. Yeah, uh, maybe Kyle Rudolph. He's a, again, he's a guy who just got cut recently. Um, I don't know that there's any one specific player. I, I JJ Watt. I mean, the Bills obviously were in the in the running for him. They made a play for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, Joe. This all season is so different. I, I don't know Dude. how to. I don't even know how to act right now because I'm just. There was no scenario where I thought I'd be coming on this show this week and we would be talking about Daryl Williams, Matt Milano. And John Feliciano all resigning with this team without touching free agency. I would have said, all right, the Bills are at, you know, minus 16, 18 million dollars. Maybe they try to get one of those guys back. Maybe they try to go after this guy or that guy, but they clearly have decided that this is our core and we want to keep our core. Yep. And I think that matters, man. The guys buy into it. The, the culture matters now. And there are there will be guys out there. I have, you know, I'm not reporting anything that people don't already know, but I am reading over and over again that there is going to be so many guys are going to their ages and saying, get me a one-year deal. Yeah. I don't want to sign oh, a yeah. two or three-year deal. I want a one-year deal. Yep, yep, yep. A lot of guys are saying that. And we also, so between that and what Brandon Bean did last year, we didn't see a trade for Stephon Diggs coming, mm-hmm. which was the first night, I believe it was the first night of legal right. tampering. Yep. Uh, so that was the first night. So, I mean, Anything is on the table at this point, but I think the the big thing for the Bills was to just keep their core intact. And I do think that's going to attract one or two guys that maybe a couple of years ago would not have wanted to come here. But now they got a chance to win an opportunity, a one-year prove-it deal. Mm-hmm. Maybe they find a John Brown replacement or defensive end or Carlos Dunlap or something like that who only wants a one-year deal. 
No, for sure. I mean, and we're it's just I said it at the top of the hour when we when we first started the show, like we've got we've got legitimately like a great front office, an incredible coaching staff, a, a number three wide quarterback in the NFL, a number one all first team all pro wide receiver, like and we don't have a glaring hole outside of tight end. Like, and we made the AFC championship game. It's like we haven't even made it to free agency and like 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 the, the draft yet. Like what is this world we live we're living in right now? Like this is just it's just, and the culture is great. It's not a situation where they've gone out and they've bought a bunch of players and like try to put puzzle pieces in that don't fit like the Washington Redskins did for years. Like they didn't go out and buy a team. They like built this team, this team. And, and not, only, not only did they build the team, the guys that they built want to stay here. It's just, it's a different world, dude. It's guys want to, guys want to come here. I, you know, I, I'll say this. So Joe, I think defensive end is the biggest hole right now. I, I do. I, I, they didn't really sure. lose anyone. I mean, I, I I don't hate I like Jerry Hughes. I don't hate Addison. If of all the, the moves that the Bills made over this last week, I would probably say that's my least favorite move of all the moves that, that the Bills have made. A lot of people and again, feel that way. Well, let, let me preface this by saying this too. It's okay, everyone out there. You could be a Buffalo Bills fan, and I tweeted about this. Mm-hmm. You could like moves. You don't have to like all the moves. Just be honest about it. I don't He's going to be 34 years old. Yep. He had, he was not the same player that he was the three years before in Carolina last year. Is he going to get better? Probably. Not. I don't think he's. Is he going to improve? Probably not. Um, you know, I I hate blaming one play and one player for a loss, but that Cardinals game. I mean, he made a bad mistake when Murray got outside the pocket and even got that hell Mary off. Mm. I just didn't see impact from him, and to have an opportunity again. We just spent a lot of time talking. There is going to be quality veterans out there looking for a short-term deal. Yep. And I think they could have done better than Addison. They restructured. They saved a couple million. But had they cut him, they would have saved over $6 million. And you know how it is. Or you sign someone with a two-year deal, team-friendly, where mm-hmm. there's less money on the cap this year. I think they could have done better than him. And for the record, they still can. They still can get rid of him, ultimately, if they find um, a better player. And as much as... It's fun to talk about running back at 30, and I do think it's realistic. I'd still say that a, a pass rusher or corner are probably the two more likely positions. But anyway, I don't know. I'm just – I'm not a, a big Addison fan. I don't hate him, but I feel like it's a position – the pass their pass rush wasn't good enough last year. It was crap. It, it, was, it was garbage. They, they've got to find a guy I, – I keep using the word havoc wreaker, the two words havoc wreaker. They've got to find a guy where the offensive line or the offensive coach is worried about him. Like the offensive coordinator is like, no, we got to stop that guy. If we yeah. don't stop that guy, we're in trouble. And they Because that guy makes the def, the linebackers better. He makes Edmonds and Milano better. That guy makes the defensive backfield better. And they just don't have that guy. Now, clearly, Star's coming back. They're trapped with Star. They can't get rid of him. Like It's a contract they cannot get out of. Um, I'm intrigued, and I'm not an X's and O's guy. You know, when I when I read stuff or I listen to stuff by Bruce or by or by Greg, and they talk about you know Quentin Jefferson being the guy that probably should have stayed over Addison. I don't know why, who, what, how, or whatever. I don't know if it was a situation that they went to all three guys and said, "Who wants to restructure and who doesn't?" And Jeff said, "I don't. Like, I want my money." And they're like, "Okay, see you." Whereas the other two were like, "I'll restructure. Just stick around." We obviously don't, we're not privy to that information, but they've got to find somebody somewhere. It, it, Havoc Reeker is without a doubt a very huge concern. That was the only reason that I wanted JJ Watt. For me, and we're wrapping up, 
I want to JJ Watt because, you know, a guy that played 95 or 90, 95% of the snaps in Houston, and sure, maybe he wasn't as effective as some other guys around the league at 32 years old. But if you're telling me he's going to play 65%, I'm guessing he's going to be a little more effective, especially with Star Latulale on the line and Jerry Hughes on the other side. He's instantly going to be a little more effective than he was, you know, in Houston. Obviously, he chose the Cardinals. Don't get me started. I don't know why that happened, but it'll be interesting. The Buffalo Bills clearly. You know, I don't want to say they're a player away. This roster is ready for the Super Bowl. They showed it to us last year. Um, the question is, is you know, who are they going to add, whether it's in free agency or in the draft, to potentially kind of get us over the hump? And I'm excited, like super duper excited. This is a uh, this the last week has been unbelievable. Like it's just been like it makes making content easy. You've got two shows to do this week. Like it's going to be easy for you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, they think they're there. Uh, the, these moves indicate that they think that they're right there. They're right on the cusp. Again, they're going to add. I don't know how. I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to restructure somebody. They're going to move some money around. I don't know if it's going to be free agency. I don't know if it's going to be a trade. Right. The Bills are going to add somebody. To, and I, I predict they're going to add somebody to that defense, whether it's a defensive end or a corner. I mean, we really aren't spending much time talking about corner. That's a position where... You know, I like Dane Jackson, but right now I'm not ready to hand the starting job over to a, a seventh round draft pick from just a year ago who barely played. But yeah. they're not done. They got to get a better pass rush. And, and again, one or two more weapons on offense. You got to be Kansas City. That's what it's all about. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to the Overreaction Sports Podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Bills Sports Podcast. Joe Miller, you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired with my guest, Pat Moran from the Talking uh, Buffalo uh, Podcast. Pat, one more time, thank you so much, first of all, for being a part of the show. This is, as always, it's just a ton of fun talking to you. But one more time, tell us where everybody can find you. Tell us what's coming up. Tell us what's going on with the Talking Buffalo Podcast, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll end this thing. All right. Well, again, Talking Buffalo Podcast every Tuesday, every Friday, and there will be some bonus episodes scattered throughout uh, on this show. This week, Tuesday, I got Jay Sigursky from the Buffalo News. Nice. And we'll be talking uh, Buffalo Bills and legal tampering because we're mm. taping that late Monday night. Maybe something mm. will be reported by then, but I'll pick Jay's mind. Um, Fridays, Del Reed is on my show every Ooh. Friday now. Really? Before. We're calling it Del Fridays. Yeah, Del's okay. on my show every Friday. <laughs> we're talking Buffalo, uh, not just the Bills, man. We're talking... The city of Buffalo stuff going on. Mm. We're talking about 26 shirts, a lot of the good stuff that he does for the community. We're just we're talking about the community, some fun regular segments. We do some polls and some silly stuff. So yeah, I got Dell on awesome. every Friday. And uh yeah, at Pat Moran on Twitter, or I'm sorry, at Pat Moran tweets yeah. on Twitter. Oh, I keep saying at Pat Moran, my bad. It's at Pat Moran tweets. <laughs> I screw it up too. But anyway, yeah, this was a lot of fun, Joe. I uh, I always like being on your show and it's good yeah, to see dude. it face to face and be able to do this too. Yeah, so. this is, so this is, this is the birth of something new for Pat Moran, everybody. So this is the first time he's done video. We talked about this a year ago. You were like, we did. I, I gotta get, to I gotta get, some, <laughs> I gotta get some lights in a camera though. But yeah, man, this was a lot of fun. It's an investment. It's worth, it's worth it. And it's a lot of fun. It's cool just to connect with people. So I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate you being a part of the show. Uh, this was the first ever live broadcast of the overreaction sports podcast. And uh, it was just uh, great to have you be a part of it and great to have you be the first guest this this will go down in history for me but with that i'm joe miller that's pat moran pat give me a go bills
Go Bills, I guess. What? I can't end on that. <laughs> I'm not that? a fan like you. Go Bills. <laughs> go Bills. And this is Joe Miller saying, go Bills. Love you guys.